Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast somehow less interesting than this year's winter meetings. My <laughs> name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, Nady H. And this week, returning to the show, friend of the show, the blog father himself, Daniel Shoptaw is with us. Daniel, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me yet again. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Well, uh, Hambone, I, I I feel like I'm. This is a little awkward, okay? Because <laughs> okay, I, I'm with you, a famous yeah. Grinch. Mm. We oh, you know, mm. you're Grinch like. Yeah. I already know where you're going. Yeah, okay. And, and I've got Daniel here with us, C70 himself. Maybe the closest thing that I know to a Santa Claus. Hmm loves christmas yeah i feel like i'm a like i'm like cindy lou it, who here you know what i mean i'm like I, stuck in I between the find two out of if i can find out where daniel lives i'm gonna go there i'm gonna steal all the all the ornaments <laughs> off the tree all the lights <laughs> off the the house the yard all the inflatables the um if you if you have not seen uh, I believe you posted this on your Substack the other day, but mm-hmm. photos mm-hmm. of uh, of C70's house the other day. It is it is more lights uh, than house at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're coming to get the stuff, you better bring a very big U-Haul. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I don't know that that's, that the Grinch sleigh will take it um, all. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, and, and that's just the outside. You hadn't seen the inside, so. Um, oh yeah, I didn't it, even think about that. Is there a separate like storage facility that you use to store all this during the summertime? What what's the yeah? What's I, the move? The house, we bought we bought this house about four years ago, and it came with a yeah. shed in the back outside, and so. Oh. Not a huge shed, but it's big enough that half of it's got like you know the un important things like the kids baby stuff and um then the other half has the christmas so yeah okay so maybe i'll just wait till the summer and then i'll steal it from the shed then that might be a little easier mm. you but then you won't ruin to... christmas like you want you know you also yeah, haven't spent I'm also lazy. time in arkansas in summertime <laughs> that, that is true i was just that complaining about uh, the seattle weather but yeah no that that sounds rough <laughs> Uh, well, Daniel, hopefully um, we all know. Well, we all know Ben is far too lazy to pull off any one of these plans. Uh, the, the Grinch <laughs> is a far more uh, a far more go getter uh, than than Ben would ever be. But that, hopefully I, I don't have that's to mediate a very, too much between you two. That's a very polite reading of the Grinch. I think that he is he is a, he, a, a self-made man or, or beast or whatever the hell he is. And you know what? He's also capable of change. I, I this is wow. not my uh, this is not my own u- unique idea. I read this somewhere, but it has made me think about it. Both the Grinch and the and Scrooge get such a bad rap in popular culture. At the end of both of those stories, they have completely changed, and they're totally yeah. better. And they love like they're they're they've made a full one eighty, and they still get shit on for being the shitty people <laughs> that they were before. So. I guess the moral well, of those stories is n- never change. 
Kind of like the I Cardinals just, starting I, rotation. Hey, <laughs> uh, Daniel, we're talking bullshit right now. We're not talking about the Cardinals. <laughs> Trying to do a professional segue. We don't do those here. We don't do those here. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, hopefully, Ben, you can contain your, your rage while we've got Daniel with yeah. us. I, I just want to promise the listener right now that I will never change. I will uh, I will always be um, the worst, I guess. <laughs> well, we've got we've got some, you know, hopefully Daniel can 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 provide some joy here in these dark, dark times of the holiday season. Uh, Daniel, how have you been? It's been a little while since you've been on the show. Um, how have things been in your world? Things have been fine. Things have been um you know they they're there, um, mm-hmm. and we watch we watch Mo, we watch everything else. We try to write about it. We try to blog it. You know, y'all are podcasting every week. I'm trying to do that here and there too. And um, it would be convenient if he'd given us something actually to talk about this week. But <laughs> we can do an hour of nothing. It's it's no big deal. Yeah, we really thought like. This is this is a tab after dark for a lot of reasons, but one of them we definitely thought we're recording late at night. We normally record during the day, and we and we thought like, oh, like near end of winter meetings, we'll get C seventy on the show, and there'll be like a bunch of content to talk about. And uh, we have a little bit, but um, it's been an ultimately pretty boring uh, winter meeting, especially for the for the Cardinals, um, and in some ways disappointing when we get to the. Uh, the draft lottery. Um, but since we haven't had you on the show, um, I was curious to hear just what is your take so far on the Cardinal off season as we record today, Wednesday, December 6th? You know, it, it is active, but not necessarily fulfilling, I guess, to mm. some degree. And I know y'all have talked about this, as well that, you know, the Cardinals were supposed to go out and remake their rotation and they did, but, you know, kind of in the budget conscious way that sometimes they do, you know, you get the, you've got a whole bunch of guys that are just the same and then you've got Sonny Gray at the top of it. So um, it's not been exactly a creative off season, which is what mm-hmm. I think we wanted to see, uh, but we typically always do, but you know, it is a, it is definitely two or three steps in the right direction to the point that I think right now, I mean, there's still a lot of moves that people are going to be making, but right now the Cardinals are probably a divisional favorite, right? Because all it takes is, you know, solid pitching and the offense that they, they think they have. So mm-hmm. things aren't going to stay the same and, the, and we'll see if that holds up, but um, it's, it's the Cardinals. They, they, they do what they need to do, but they're not going to get you excited about it. Yeah, they do what they need to do, and it's not exciting. I think that might be uh, <laughs> the the tagline of the front office's <laughs> entire ethos for like the last decade, outside of a couple things like the Arenado trade or the uh, Goldschmidt trade. Ben, do you think that the Cardinals are uh, divisional favorites right now? Yeah, I I think like they they have to be right, but that's also like I th- I am of the opinion that the Cubs are going to spend a lot of money. I think that they're going to improve the team. I think Cody Bellinger might come back. I think a pitcher will probably mm-hmm. come back. I could see the Cubs getting Blake Snell. So I think while we're recording this Wednesday night, December 6th, yes, that that is true. I do not think that'll be true by the end of the offseason, though. 
Um, I, I would be surprised, actually, I, I guess to say. Uh, Daniel, something I wanted to ask you, I was listening to uh, an episode of uh, Meet Me at Mutual, and you and Alan were kind of talking about Lynn and Gibson, and I felt like you guys were um, pro. Uh, not, not, not that I'm against those signings, but I felt like you guys were feeling better about those signings than I was feeling about, and I just kind of wanted to, um, I, I guess... Not to not to put you on the spot or anything like that. I just felt like it. It one of them would have been fine. Taking a riskier move would have been much better. I guess if I could just let you kind of talk about why you think those moves were prudent, at least at the time that they were done, maybe before the Gray signing, and how you're feeling as for like, have you changed your opinion from now uh, or from then until now? If if that all makes sense. Yeah, I think I was, uh, and and maybe we didn't necessarily put it out there. I think we were kind of the same type of idea that one is great two felt a little bit redundant. Right. And, yeah. and at the time you did hope that, okay, they're saving this money for a big push at Yamamoto or something like that, which Sonny Gray is good. And, and obviously a very welcome addition, but he's not necessarily that upper echelon type of guy. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, there is that idea of having the consistency. There are, I mean, I think Lance Lynn's could be significantly better than he was last year. He um, has to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, if and, he's not, he's not pitching past May. Right. Right. And, and my uh, co-host on gateway, David Jones sent me a, a message. Uh, you know, he, t- he looked at the starts that Lynn made with the Dodgers and like nine of the 11, he was giving up three runs or less. And you know, that's mm-hmm. what you want to see out of, of Lynn, you know, three, you know, a quality start every time out that's fine. Right. Three, three runs, six innings. You'd like to see more, but that would be significantly better yeah. than he was last year. Um, you know, if, if you got another guy in Kyle Gibson that I, I was a little bit surprised that they went after him with Lynn, but you know, they, they obviously they wanted to lock this stuff down early. Um, I don't know why, because nobody else apparently does, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that idea that, you know, that Mo comes out and says, well, we had to sign these guys or they wouldn't be there. I, I, do you think, I think those guys would still be there right now. Don't you think? I mean, the way we're seeing them printing market, I don't, I don't know that there would have been, I know that other teams were talking to, especially Gibson, but yeah. I can't imagine there would have been a big push to sign him when nobody else was getting signed. Yeah, Wade Miley well, just signed, I think. He's like the only yeah. other guy and 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 Kenta Maeda has signed, but like so yeah. there's been a few in this sort of sphere, but we've kind of lumped all of those guys into one big bucket and it does feel weird to have rushed to pluck these two guys out of that big pool of sort of sameness that's out there. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. to me the problem Oh, I'm sorry, Daniel, really quick. To, to me the problem is that like this then implies that the Cardinals didn't even really reach out to Eduardo Rodriguez, didn't reach mm-hmm. out to uh, Clevenger or somebody else that might have had a possibly higher ceiling that wasn't going to cost. Let's we'll say if 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 Jordan Montgomery's whatever his salary is going to be is the the line that the Cardinals weren't going to cross. It's like they didn't even look at the second tier. They just went straight to the you know food at the bottom of the fridge that you forgot about and and bought that for. <laughs> As we talked about on our show, not even that cheap um, when you consider their past <laughs> yeah. performance. Uh, it was yeah. bizarre. Sorry, Daniel. 22 million. Walk all over you. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I think I'm getting just a smidge of delay, so I'll try not to, I'll try not to step on y'all. But um, yeah, I think that's, I think, and it, you know, like y'all pointed out, I think in, in one of the last shows, is 
very possible Mo didn't even reach out to them, right? I mean, it's almost like he opened the door one day and they were standing there um, because <laughs> they wanted to play in St. Louis, and which is great. I mean, I think that's really something that we, is nice to hear again because we have worried about how much of an impact has the the culture taken in baseball. And there's obviously still a, at least a group of people and maybe it's a lot of Midwestern types that want to, but there are people that still want to play in St. Louis. Yeah. And, you Mid know, late 30 year old pitchers who <laughs> just got bombed in the previous <laughs> season. And they figure it can't, I gotta, I'm going to be better than that. So they'll want me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I do want like, has anyone ever signed a contract and said, well, I didn't really want to be here, but they made the best <laughs> offer. You know what I mean? Like I, I do believe these guys when they say they want to play here and like, there is a difference between just like signing the best contract and like seeking out a team. But I feel like almost everybody at every contract. So it's like, Oh, this is exactly where I've always wanted to be. Cause that's I, what you do when you get a new job. <laughs> I do think that the Rockies took Chris Bryant hostage by offering him almost $200 million. Like yeah. he, no, I, 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 I like, I, that's the only one that comes to mind is Chris Bryant doesn't want to be here or in Denver <laughs> where I am, but they offered him so much stupid money. He couldn't say no that, but uh, yeah, other than that, yeah. I think you're right. And then he's decided yeah. not to actually play for the Rockies. So it's okay. Loophole. Uh, yeah. Who would have thought of that? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get the yeah, check. I, it's it's a it's a fascinating thing to see that. I, I guess the only other thing you would see is somebody that said, "Well, these guys weren't on my radar, but when I talked to them, then it it felt right." And by felt mm-hmm. right meant big, huge money on the line. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if 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 they're coming out and bashing the team already, you got problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, I do I, think I, like oh, we're we're right. good at this today. I'll, yeah. I'll, I just kind of wanted to, I was uh, the uh, what uh, Daniel said earlier was kind of rattling around in my mind. I do think it is very likely that uh, Gibson is going to have a solid year. I do think it's very mm-hmm. likely that Lynn is going to bounce back. I think that it's very likely that last year was an especially bad year for the Cardinals defense, and that is going to fix itself in some way or another. And I also think it's very likely that the Cardinals will not have the health issues that the position player group had last year. So I think there are like, we're being a little, you know, Eori, uh, but I think there are a lot of reasons to think that the Cardinals will bounce back. Um, um, and I think that last year was just, you know, the shit year that it was. Well, listen, if you need a confidence builder, look no farther than the Pobo himself, John Mazalak, when asked, do you see the Cardinals as world series contenders? Oh God. He said, I do. We're excited about what we have. You've got to play the games and you need a lot of things to happen. I can be as bullish as I want, but that's why we play. I mean, doesn't that just spark inspiration and comfort and confidence in you? Don't you feel like the Cardinals are are done and ready to win a World Series? Here's the deal. The Diamondbacks went 84 and 78 and made it to the World <laughs> yeah. Series. So, of course, Mo's saying that. Yeah. And he's like, we're better than the Diamondbacks. And look what they just did. <laughs> Maybe better than the Phillies last year. And on the, yeah. just yeah. like everybody else is, you know, oh, are you are you a World Series team? No, we're not. We're terrible. Uh, if Mo says yeah. that, that would have been the <laughs> Mo's like, oh, I'm done with this place. <laughs> <I'm out." laughs> well, 
yeah, I, I think we're all pretty aligned on this. I think we're all waiting for like, this feels like there's got to be one more interesting, like high value move for us to start to well, for the narrative to turn on this off season. I, I thought you were doing that stupid run up to uh, lead to another note that we learned today. And that's the fact that Yadier Molina is back. Mm. Well, that's back. He is going to be in uniform. Uh, sometimes he's going to be in the front office. Sometimes he's going to be working with the minor leaguers sometimes. Uh, first of all, not a stupid run up, but thank you. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> this maybe the, the actual, like we've, we've kind of known this for a little while because it's been talked about all off season, but it is nice to finally get some clarity and some, uh, some announcement of Yachty's return to the Cardinal organization. Uh, seems like a pretty cool gig. What is it? Special uh, assistant to the president of baseball operations. So kind of just sounds like they're going to deploy him wherever they think he's needed in that moment, which I think is good. It, it sounds like the, the delay is that he, the Cardinals wanted him in a dugout role. Full on coach there, one sixty two, but that's not quite what he wanted right now. Even though his long term goal is to be a big league manager, it's been chalked up as family issues or family matters. So of course he's prioritizing his family, which is the right thing to do. So no, no, uh, no problems there. And I think this is actually probably a pretty interesting spot for him. Uh, Daniel, how are you feeling about the the return of Yadier Molina? So you're telling me Yadier Molina gets to do whatever he wants to do? Sounds like normal. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting that it, this the title they gave him is the same title they gave Joe McEwing when they moved him out of the way so Daniel Descalzo mm-hmm. could have the bench coach role. It, it, I do think it's it's always good to have Yadier Molina involved in the organization, and I think it's very much uh, to the organization's benefit for him not to be the bench coach uh, or anything like that. And you know, mm-hmm. looking over Ollie Marmol's shoulder, um, but. Yeah, I, I think it's only going to help. I mean, it, I mean, he brings that kind of knowledge and he brings that kind of experience. And, you know, I, I can't see. I mean, there are downsides, of course. He may try to play again. Um, but <laughs> other than that, I, I think, you know, it, it was, again, you know, just working it out with his schedule and that, you know, and at some point in time here, what, two, three, four years from now, I know as his kids get older, kind of like the Matt Holiday thing that we, you know, had last year, as kids get older, you may see him take on, you know, more mm-hmm. of the, it could be even like the Willie McGee type of role, right. Of, of coaching his specific positions and, and then the things along the way um, at some point in time, that could, that could be yachtier as well. Yeah. The Willie McGee comp is pretty good for a lot of reasons, right? I think there's a similar mm-hmm. amount of love in the organization and the fan base for Willie McGee as there is for, for Yachty. Um, well, it, it's interesting too. We've heard some, some language from Mazalak that I feel like we haven't really heard before, which is specifically around Ali Marmal. Now I don't have the quote in front of me, but there's been a lot of reporting and indication from Mazalak that there has been zero talks with Marmol about an extension. And Mazalak said, and you know, and essentially the Cardinals need to win this year. And if they don't, there's going to be more significant changes. And I think a lot of people are reading that as 
Marmol needs a winning year or he's likely out as the manager. And so now you've got Yachty in the wings, McEwing, you know, these other guys, Descalso, these other guys, since we know the Cardinals love to promote from within. Um, and I, I don't want it to happen, obviously, because none of us want another losing season for the Cardinals. But it is interesting that, like, I mean, it seemed pretty clear, like, Marmol, this is your last year if, if the Cardinals don't do well. So, I don't know. Ben, what are your thoughts? You think Marmol's, uh, Marmol's getting fired? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that to me sounds like they are, it's not, they're not threatening him. It's just like, here's the rubric. Can you pass it? Can you not? Yeah. Um, and I, we talked about this. Like, I think part of the problem is not only did they have a bad season last year, but they were embarrassing publicly, nationally, multiple yeah. times. And it was mostly Ali Marmol's fault, either not run like not communicating properly. I think, uh, his short fuse, with the media, um, which is, as we've talked about, like basically the managers, like half of their job at this point is media relations and like relaying things to uh, uh, at pressers and in interviews and stuff like that. Um, and I think, uh, uh, you know, DeWitt is a um, old school chap. And I think he was a little embarrassed by uh, Ali Marmol's uh, composure last year. So it all makes sense. I'm not surprised to hear any of that. And uh, yeah. I think, of course, um, you know, uh, what do I mean to say? Mosellock is this golden god, this golden goose that, you know, descends once in a while to let us know what's going on. What's uh, on a bow make, tie? Titans <laughs> his ascot. It makes sense to me that, of course, Ali Marmal would be the lamb that was slaughtered before him. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he's done this multiple times. He seems to uh want it seems that what he wants from his manager is very very narrow and very very specific and if that person strays from that you know they get the stinky boot so none of it surprises me um and and, and it makes sense i'm not yeah yeah i'm i get it daniel what do you think about the stinky boot hmm I have never really given that much thought. Um, no, I think that, um, of course, winning fixes everything. I uh -huh. mean, you can be as rough with the media as you want to be if you're winning 95 games. I'm talking about Rooster right. proved that. Um, but I also think that, yeah, I mean, it's obvious. You're not going to get to – St. Louis does not handle two losing seasons, especially two miserably losing seasons mm -hmm. uh, without some sort of change. And I also think, you know, Mo's got a contract extension that, that runs through the end of 2025. But if it's another bad year, if he's made these moves or if he doesn't make anything more, the idea that he hasn't made enough moves. Um, I, I think that last year he's moved into some other role and you're bringing in another president of baseball operations, whether it is, you know, promoting Randy Flores or Michael Gersh or whoever, or if it's going outside the organization, which, you know, two, especially two negative years, you might actually finally see them, you know, go out. We've talked about Heimbloom and, and others that have been rumored to be in this mix. You know, maybe they do something like that, but um, I don't think we're going to have to worry about it because I do think this is a team that's not, built for that but we didn't think we'd have to worry about it last year either mm -hmm. well kind of i mean yes and no we no one expected it to actually happen mm. but everyone ourselves you like and everyone that's a cardinal fan was like this pitching staff is a problem and it's not going to take very much 
for it to collapse. And it did immediately. And I'm not feeling like, uh, even though we've been, you know, positive to lukewarm about the pitching acquisition so far, I'm not feeling the same sense of dread that I had going mm -hmm. into last year around the pitching rotation. But it is like, we are we are kind of at a point still where what if all of these mid thirties year old guys don't have bounce back seasons or like stay healthy? You know we're not that far away from exactly what happened last year. Yeah. So it that that's my biggest worry, and I know we weren't really talking about that, but if the Cardinals and, and I know we'll we'll talk more about the winter meetings and the 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 lack of anything, they should have just canceled it and waited till. Otani sign. Otani, um, yeah. But anyways, like that is my biggest worry with the current Cardinals is that while they have improved from where they were a couple of months ago, they are one starter going down away from um, a very similar domino effect happening that happened last yeah. year. And as we've talked about, when those all those people that we're betting on are in their late 30s. Um, it, yeah, I. Yeah. And let me tell it's, you, there's nothing maybe, worse than being in your late thirties. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better uh, after that, doesn't it? Start feeling yeah. younger. Yeah. That, that part does kind of trip me out. Like the fact that everybody's like, Oh, Sonny Gray is good, but he's old. And it's like, Oh, he's slightly younger than I am. Um, yeah. but you know, no, nobody was betting hundreds or uh, tens of millions of dollars on me. So it's different. Mm -hmm. Little, there's like only a few little differences between you and Sonny Gray. You know what? What we're very similar. Yeah. Successful. We're uh, yeah. at the top of our game in our respective uh -huh. fields. Sitting uh, in your basement, nine o'clock at night. De devilishly <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> uh, whatever, Nate. Let's talk about uh, some more roster stuff that's coming out. So, um, I I think. Uh, surprisingly although not not that surprising um the cardinals have directly indicated that they're trying to trade tyler o'neill um i guess the surprising thing to me is that they've singled him out and like highlighted that they're trying to trade him i think we all knew like he was one of many people that is perceived to be on the trade block but the individual selection part of it is pretty surprising to me. Um, but I, I do get it. I think we all know why Tyler O'Neill is on the trade block. Um, but still, uh, Daniel, how are you feeling about the, the Cardinals' pursuit of, of trading Tyler O'Neill? Well, we all know why, but I don't know that Scott Boris knows why that uh, Tyler <laughs> yeah. O'Neill is on the trade block. Um, yeah, I mean, we like I said, we, it's, it's, it, is a, it is weird that the Cardinals are more open mouths, less tight lipped about that kind of thing. Um, and I also do think that there probably are listening in on Dylan Carlson and, and mm -hmm. some of the other ones. And, and, you know, that's kind of what they also said, right? They're listening to offers on Tyler, not necessarily said they're actively shopping him, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this, if from the outside looking in, this looks like it's been a, a relationship that has been damaged for quite some time. And, and while there's, a possibility you could find a place for Tyler O'Neill because obviously Tyler O'Neill is a very talented player. Um, it just feels like this is, a, this is run its course, right? This, he needs to go somewhere. He may go somewhere and hit 40 home runs. And that's, and that's, you know, like, like Mo said, you know, he's going to trade an outfielder and they're going to get MVP votes. 
but you know, sometimes you just have to do it. Ben is, Ben is just leaned back. He's pulling his hair back. Um, he, he's been like squirming and angry (laughs) this whole time that sorry, Daniel was talking, Ben, please. What are you feeling right now? So, so many, I'm feeling so many things right now. I I don't like publicly devaluing a trade chip, even if he is a trade chip. I don't like how Ali Marmol and John Mosaloc and maybe other people in the clubhouse have handled this. I think it's a manager's job to get the most out of players, the players that they're given. And as we've talked about, Tyler O'Neill is one of the most talented. He is one of the few on the team that has MVP potential. And the whole John Mosaic isn't allowed to joke about that. I don't it's too soon. It's he can't he's the we can joke about it because we're not making decisions. But it's too soon and he's too close for me to think that he's being funny there. It's like, no, you're bad at your job. You are bad at player evaluation. This isn't funny. Uh or it I mean it is funny, but you know what I'm trying to say? It just I don't know why. It just bugged me in a very specific way that he was being silly and uh, uh sorry yeah I, just, I don't know close personal friend he's on the show all the time i like to see him <laughs> goof around a little bit yeah um, but yeah i mean frankly it was surprising to see him make a joke let alone a like a, a self-effacing joke um, oh I, I will say we were in uh one of the blogger events a few years back and there was some question asked and he was like, you want me to sign a reliever? And you know, <laughs> he, he knows his limitations or at least knows yeah. where he has, he has stumbled. He's, he's got that sense of humor. Yeah. But um, yeah, it also is like, well, no, no, we really don't want you to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You suck at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Tyler O'Neill's on the, trade block i was uh the the red sox just recently traded alex verdugo and it's not exactly the same but there is some i think some comp there as to what the cardinals could potentially expect to get for a tyler o'neill um i think it's like the verdugo verdugo has a much higher floor and uh tyler o'neill has a a much higher ceiling so you never know what kind of trade partner you might be able to find, but there's enough comps in the, in like the overall valuation and they got three players, none of them particularly exciting, but also none of them like bad either. It was definitely a a break one piece down for, for multiple different parts. And uh, I I think it was two relievers. So like you could see something like that with Tyler O'Neill, where we're not necessarily trading him in a one for one swap but you get some return with some potential um, upside and likely yeah. in the bullpen. So I, I hate to see it, but it, it is what it is at this point there. Uh, before we hopped on, I saw there was a report that the Kansas city Royals are interested in bringing in Tyler O'Neill, um, yeah. which I, I thought was kind of interesting. They, they're so far away. It doesn't, I, it seems unlikely that that would happen. I think uh, I'm, I'm kind of really focused on these Miami Marlins pitchers. I wonder mm-hmm. if Tyler O'Neill can be part of a package that brings you an Edward Cabrera or, or one of those starting pitchers on the uh, uh, the Marlins. You know, they they have a new team, a new GM or a new Pobo, whatever his role is. Uh, they made the playoffs last year. Are they going to push in a little bit more? Are they going to divest their pitching, or are they going to stay the course? But um, yeah, I, I, if if we're going to trade them, I hope that we can augment the pitching staff, and it's not. Um, 
wasted. Cause I do think, unfortunately what Mo said is probably accurate. He's going to go pop off somewhere. Uh, when, as long as he doesn't have the manager, you know, breathing down his neck in the weird way that, um, has happened yeah. over the last season and a half. Well, th- there's that for sure. And the sort of like murkiness between behind his effort and his ability to, or his, his attempts at moderating his own, like athleticism and yeah. in, in a way to avoid injury, but that obviously didn't work at all last year between the, his own manager getting mad at him and then him getting injured multiple times. It's like, well, that failed. Um, but you know, generally speaking, when he's been healthy, he's been really good. So you can totally see a, a situation where he goes to another team and maybe it's luck. Maybe it is some sort of conditioning thing. Who knows? He'll, he'll have, I suspect he'll have at least one more like full healthy season as a major league player. Hopefully more. We're all huge fans of, of Tyler O'Neill. But uh, you know, his trade value is at a really rough spot right now. Yes. Scott Boris is doing his job, um, (laughs) but that was, uh, that was the nicest way to put Tyler O'Neill's current trade value, you know, saying he was an eighth place MVP voter who hit 30 home runs and two gold gloves. Yes, that's true. That was 2021. It's been two full seasons since he was providing that sort of value. And and I think what we're hearing from Zalak too is there there seems to be a desire both from the players, which is obvious, but also from the organization to stop having like four or five outfielders and two or three second basemen and two or three, uh, you know, shortstop and just actually go into a season with like, this is your position and, and you can expect to have it for a reasonable amount of time. And you can't really do that with Tyler O'Neill. So I think that's ultimately why they're, they're trying to trade him because they can't trust that he'll be there every day. And it'll just go back into that same cycle of, uncertainty around at bats. Um, yeah. The Kansas city thing. I had not seen that yet, but that kind of makes you sounds, it feels to me like, like they're trying to get him low. Hope he has a strong first half and then flip him at the deadline. Right. I mean, cause Kansas yeah. city's not going anywhere this year. So um, it'd be fascinating to see if somebody did that um, and what the difference in what they got for versus what they gave up for him. But, Ooh. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Well, Hopefully that doesn't happen because that would look really bad again. Yeah. If a, yeah. if a team gets a better package for him at the midway point and then he goes for whatever his next team in is and then wins uh, some MVP votes in a playoff run, that would be just salt in the already wide open wound. But uh, not unlikely, uh, Daniel. I think yeah. not zero yeah. chance that happens. Could be kind of like the inverse of the Juan Soto trade that is about to go through yeah. where the, the Padres paid like all of their prospects for Juan Soto and now they're about to trade him to the Yankees. Like for a good return, don't get me wrong, but not nearly what they paid for him. <laughs> and uh, it, it's feeling like a big fat L for the Padres right now, but we'll see. Well, that whole thing, it, it's a, it's such a bummer because, you know, it's as soon as Peter Seidler unfortunately passes away, they're just yeah. ripping that team down uh, and obviously trying to save money. Yeah. Ben's cat just yelled at him. Um, Jeffrey. Yeah, he's mad at me. Jeffrey. 
Uh, all right. So some other news. We had the Rule 5 draft, um, which we talked about uh, a lot leading up to this and who the Cardinals would or would not protect. Um, kind of want to start with what didn't happen, which is that uh, no one was taken from the Cardinals. Um, really, the only guy that people were concerned about was uh, Ian Bedell, a pitcher uh, down in the minors who has what is considered a very, very high upside, but he has been injured frequently. And so, um, you know, the, the the sticking point of the Rule 5 draft is that if you take someone, you have to keep them on your 40-man for the full year or you have to give them back to the team that you took them from. So, the 26-man. Is it, is it, did I say 40 man on, yeah. on the major league roster? Yeah. On the, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. on the 26 man. Thank you. Duh. See, that's the sort of that thing is. that C70 would have gotten me on the bird scored <laughs> after the episode. So I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Yeah. <laughs> so glad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you got to keep them on the big league roster. And I guess no one was willing to take the risk on Bedell for a full season, which I think we're all happy about. The Cardinals, though, did grab a guy, um, Ryan Fernandez from the Red Sox. And there's some reason to be excited about him. Ben, do you want to give us a uh, kind of a, a breakdown on who this guy is? Yeah, he's a uh, a guy that has pretty good control and strikes people out. Um, now, he uh, he played at all three levels. Uh, in the minors last year and had varying degrees of success. Um, but he's 25 years old. He's a right-hander. He's kind of undersized. He's like, uh, he's under six feet. He's like 180, 190, something like that. But he throws really hard. Fastball sits 94, 96, tops out 98, 99. Uh, he has a, a, the pitch, the reason you get Ryan Fernandez is the slider. It's absolutely, absolutely nasty. He throws it all the time. It's hard, 87 to 91 miles per hour. Um, he strikes a lot of people out on that. Um, and again, like I said, he throws strikes, he, he fills up the zone. Um, his fastball is fine, but it's all about that slider. Uh, he's got a change up that he mixes in every once in a while, but just, uh, you know, keep, keep, uh, lefties honest and, uh, throw people off. But like I said, it's all about that slider. And this is, I think this is like akin to the Wilking move, the Zuniga move. It's let's give mm-hmm. him a shot, hope that he's healthy. Um, if he doesn't click, it's he'll go back to the Red Sox. It's you know no skin off of the uh, Cardinals beak. And uh, if it works, he could be great. What you don't no like s- that? No skin off well, the Cardinals beak. So I have to explain. It, I mean, I was going to say it's it no bird? skin off the nose, but then I thought, ooh, Cardinals don't have okay. noses. So they it, have was a, it was a purposeful bit. Well, okay. And, and technically, it's a slight bit off because you have to pay $100,000 for the person, but you offer them back at fifty. So you would be losing $50,000, which is not much skin, but it's still skin. Yeah. For I think Mo and, and DeWitt, can, they can swing it. It'll be okay. <laughs> Are you sure? Have you seen this thing? <laughs> Actually, no, you're probably right. They probably they're they're penny pinching up there. At least that's what One it feels day like. Beep and cheddars from like three locations. A <laughs> um, couple more numbers for you. Uh, that so Ben, you talked about his slider in 2022. That slider had a 59.5 whiff percentage, which is good in itself. But in 23, it had a 70 percent whiff percentage. So 70 yeah. percent of the time he throws that thing, they're swinging and missing, and is a uh, his cutter uh, has a 40% whiff percentage. 
whiff percentage. So pretty yeah. good for a cutter. So um, yeah, I think high upside, low lowish risk. You know, um, I, I think yeah. we've been generally a fan of these types of moves. This is what a lot of people are are building their bullpens off of. You just look at these peripherals, look at these underlying numbers, stack these guys, and see who clicks on a small sample size and 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 move forward with them. Yeah, the Cardinals are doing what the Rays started doing like a decade ago. So we'll we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, they have to keep him all year. So we will definitely see this guy as long as he's healthy. Um, but it seemed like a pretty good move. Um, so we'll see. Um, there was uh there's been a few like rumors around on other relievers that the Cardinals are, have been linked to. Uh, yesterday out of nowhere, there was a, <laughs> I don't want to like, you know, lean on this guy too much, but there was, uh, somebody was, was reporting that Phil, uh, the Cardinals and Phil Maton were, were like either cl- were close to a deal basically. And that has been basically completely rejected by almost everyone else. But it is a guy that like makes sense for the Cardinals. Ben, I know you've called him out as a potential target. And I think we would all be happy if the Cardinals were to sign this guy. Uh, but there's been no actual evidence yet that uh, that it's happening. Ben, what do you think? Uh, I think that the winter meetings were so boring um, that somebody felt like reporting something, even though it wasn't something. And I think, <laughs> what, what do you always say, Date? Unless it's uh, one of the big guys, one of the ESPN guys, Derek Gould or Katie Wu, don't mm-hmm. don't believe it. Um, yeah. Should the Cardinals sign Phil Maton? Probably. Uh, I uh, I don't think that they will. I, or they, maybe they will. Who knows? It's He's one of those guys that probably has a lot of suitors. Um, but uh, I think that it is funny that... Um, Twitter can still be used uh, to trick real writers and real <laughs> reporters and uh, journalists, I, I guess is the word you would use. And uh, yeah. I find that entertaining. And I, I will uh, say, you know, I think I, I saw a person that put it out. I don't know if it's the actual original one, but it was somebody that is in the St. Louis area, which is Maytown's right. He's from that area. So it, I didn't necessarily a hundred percent believe it, but I could see that this guy knows a, friend of the family, something like that, that he would have heard something before, um, yeah. national writers. So and that he, happens he, sometimes there are, right. you know, stories get broken from like a stranger seeing someone in an airport or, or <laughs> whatever, or like my cousin is <laughs> their agents, like wife or whatever, you know, that, that happens. Right. So it, it, this could be true. There's just really n- nothing else to substantiate it. Right. right. Um, and, and there, there's this, there's the, um, there's rumors of Yuki Matsui from the NPB. There's also rumors of Jordan Hicks. And so what ultimately what I'm taking from this is the individual player who knows, but it's clear that the Cardinals are at least shopping for another high end reliever and they are potentially willing to pay for it just straight up with a contract and not just from trades. Yeah. And that to me is intriguing and where I think I've expected the potential money savings from the Sunny Gray deal to go rather than what we of course all hope is Yamamoto. I think it's more likely we're looking at like a 10 to 15 million dollar deal for yeah. some sort of good reliever. Um I'm uh, so 
you know, I'm the one who was uh, publicly asking for Jordan Hicks to be dropped uh, at midway point through the 2023 <laughs> season. So I'm going to recuse myself from having an opinion on this part. But Daniel, <laughs> I'm curious of what your thoughts are on potentially bringing Jordan Hicks back into uh, the Cardinals organization. Would you keep him a reliever? Would you try him to start again? Uh, uh, what, what, what do you think we should do here? Yeah, I, you definitely don't bring, if you bring him in, you don't start him. I mean, you're not paying him to start here. I mean, it was one thing when you're paying him the league minimum and you can try to bounce him around. If you wanted him to be a starter, you shouldn't have ever gotten him out of that, that role, but that's another thing that the Cardinals have done a lot of that they probably shouldn't have. <laughs> um, I would be fine with him coming back. I do get a little bit antsy when any team, especially, you know, starts paying high money for relievers. But um, if the Cardinals wanted to go that route, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, you are still trying to bring pieces back from the worst team that's ever happened. But um, <laughs> but I also like the ideas of, of making a trade and then getting the guy back. So that's always fun, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I'd be fine with it. I don't think it will happen. I don't think that's the way that they're going to go. But, you know, I think that it sounded like from what I was hearing that, you know, again, we heard the rumors in July that they were talking about um, an extension with Jordan Hicks. Sounds like maybe that that didn't happen, but they said, Hey, you know, go in a ring and then we'll talk later on. Um, so I don't think the relationship's frayed or anything. I, so I could definitely see that, but yeah, um, I, I just don't, I don't know. I'm a little bit wondering if they will go in that market. You know, they just picked up the, you know, Rodriguez in the rule five, they needed two relievers. There's one of them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, are they going to go, you know, a little bit lower level than we thought, just kind of like they did on the rotation. I don't know. Uh, I get to correct C70, uh, Fernandez, not Rodriguez. Uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I, I've said Merry this before. Christmas, ben. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben's heart grew three times its size that moment. <laughs> um, I, I think that this rotation as it is today does start to feel better and better and better the more elite your bullpen is. We've teen, we've seen teams in recent memory be successful with a middling rotation as long as everything else is good to great, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like we already think the Cardinals have a pretty good bullpen, and so it doesn't take a whole lot to get it to that next level. And if we're only relying on Lynn, Gibson, Michaelis, you know, we really only need them to consistently go five to six innings and you don't need those stoppers who, you know, the seven, eight, nine, you need it to fix the bullpen or, or something like that. If we can, if we can, if we have this super strong back end, it just makes that rotation even less of a liability. And like, you know, if, if they add a Hicks or a Matsui or a Maton, maybe someone else and one more whoever starter just to have some more depth. Like I, I I see some logic behind that, you know, lean on the offense and the defense and the bullpen and see what happens with your starting rotation. And we do have guys like Roby and hence and Graceffo and all that, that like are not that far away that like if they don't have to pitch, 180 innings at the big leagues like you can see a world where this sort of system works i'm also still like they they have not 
said what Liberator is going to be yet for 2024. I think they said he'll go into the uh, spring stretching out, but he could end up back in the bullpen. I think we saw him as a potential bullpen ace as well. So like you can see this world where we could end up getting a lot of innings purposefully from the bullpen. And like that is, I think, a, a relatively modern way of looking at the at the game and has some potential. Ben, you're shaking your head at me. Killing the starter, Nate. You're killing the game. What? Well, the pitch. No, Ben, the pitch clock has killed the killed the starter. Well, you 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 had the other gun in your hand. You helped the pitch clock hide the body. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but it just you know, you're you're just the worst, and your opinions <laughs> are terrible. Uh, disagree. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> easy disagree. So uh, let's see what else have we got here. The um, well, let's talk about the the actual the the draft. Um. So mm-hmm. this was arguably the biggest bummer of the winter meetings for the Cardinals. So um, if you are not familiar with it, the the uh, MLB instituted a lottery draft, uh, a lottery pick system for the MLB draft in an effort to reduce tanking. Now, everybody that is uh, basically in the bottom half of the league, depending on your final record, you get this, you get a certain amount of uh, lottery balls, you know, ping pong balls in the big old lottery cage. Uh, the worse you did, the higher your chances of getting a, a higher pick, right? Right. And so the Cardinals, having the fifth worst uh, record in the MLB last year, basically had the fifth best chance at getting the first overall pick. They had a roughly 8% chance to get the first overall pick. Um, and Despite those odds, they ended up with the seventh overall pick, which was pretty disappointing, right? I think like the one yeah. thing we're all holding on to is like, well, this season sucked, but at least we're going to get a like top five, top three, maybe even, you know, we can all dream, right? Maybe a, a top one pick uh, and now top seven. Still good. What'd you say, Ben? Clayton Kershaw was the seventh overall pick. Aaron Nola. Yeah seventh overall pick like there's obviously good value at that spot in the draft like a ton of good players have come from there but it's not top three it's not top five you know it's it's pretty disappointing um how were you guys feeling after after that it was disappointing obviously it was just another uh kick that uh 2023 had for the cardinals um i mean we're not the Washington nationals. I think that was worse, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think it, I, I, like somebody said on Twitter, I'm, I'm less, disab- less mad about the Cardinals dropping to seven than I am about the reds getting second. Um, yeah. And partly because, you know, they, you know, had a little bit of uh, devil magic of their own right there. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. in the same division and the, the reds have done a pretty good job d- developing talent or at least picking it up yeah. lately. Right. So they you don't really want to get them a 500 record. I think, so the the Guardians got the first overall, and they had like a 1.8% chance at the first overall. And then the Reds got the second, and they were like a 1.3 or something like that. They were one of the best teams in the lottery. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, it is what it is, and hopefully we don't have to deal with it again. 
yeah. Yeah. The the lottery did what it's supposed to do, and that's not rewarding or directly rewarding teams for being bad. It, it puts you Ooh. in to the conversation, gives you a chance to get a higher pick. Um, and yeah. unfortunately for the Cardinals, they were bad, although they are not a tanking team. They did, you know, obviously sell off at the second half of the year and the numbers did not work out in their favor, but the lottery worked as intended. Um, yeah. it is amazing to me that the two teams at the top are, were, uh, I think what we would consider teams that are likely to be successful in the upcoming year. Um, it's yeah. just annoying how that worked out. And then you have, you know, the poor uh, Rockies and athletics getting three and four, getting pushed back uh, because those other successful franchises are in the way. But uh, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Yeah. But I think, I think Daniel said it best. Like, hopefully we don't have to worry about this system for a while. It's, it's yeah. we're, we're one in and, and, and done. And, you know, I, I think while we've given the Cardinals player development system, some shit for a while now, like, we've been pretty happy with the draft classes for several years in a row yep. now. Right. And so uh, even though it's not as good as it could have been, I'm really excited to see what Randy Flores and co come up with for that seventh overall pick. Like he, whoever this guy is that gets drafted will likely end up slotting right into our top 10 prospects, if not higher Ooh, than that. Yeah. Just well, like Jordan the, Walker the was, Jordan Walker was 20, 21 21st. overall yeah. just a couple of years ago. Like it's, it's yeah. possible to find talent, but it, it is just annoying. Uh, it's a thorn yeah. in the side. Um, a couple of funny things from, you know, cause it is a lottery system. Random is random. I, I agree with you, Ben. I, I do think that like, it's working. We just got some high variance outcomes in this, this year. Yeah. Um, but uh, a couple of funny things. C70, you, you mentioned it already, but some further detail, if you didn't hear about this, so the Nationals, um, they actually they were disqualified from the lottery system because if you end up if you're in the top, I think it's top six. If you're in the top six two years in a row, you are not eligible for the lottery the next year. They want to um, promote teams, not just tanking year after year after year. It, it makes sense. Right. Um, and so but they still put for the sake of uh, equal distribution and randomness they still put all of the nationals like earned lottery tickets essentially into the thing and so the nationals actually got pulled first overall uh but they were not eligible so theirs got set to the side and then the guardians were pulled and then they pulled the nationals again <laughs> and then they put and then they pulled the guardians so it's just like you know, it's just a little, it's like a stab in the side. Like you're not eligible for this, but you got like incredibly lucky to, to have been pulled. Um, the athletics, everyone's favorite organization, they had, they were tied for the best odds at the number one overall pick. They ended up with the fourth. So they got even more unlucky than the Cardinals did. Like they had to feel pretty confident that they were going to end up top two or top three. And because of that previous rule that we just said, they are they were in the top six last year. They're in the top six this year. They are now not eligible for the lottery draft next year. And yeah. I think we are all expecting them to be pretty bad in 2024. <laughs> so they didn't they you know, they they tanked. They didn't end up with a 
with a top three draft pick. And now they're not eligible for a draft pick at this level next year. So sucks to suck, I guess. I don't know. Sucks to suck. I think that's the best way to say it. <laughs> All right, guys. Quit anything sucking. else? That's, the solution is to quit yeah. sucking. Yeah. Yeah. Don't drive your uh, organization into the ground so you can move it. <laughs> Or be the Royals, I guess. They just. Um, all right. They're trying. Else Everyone... wanna... they, they are, but kind of. Yeah. Um, they've got Bobby Witt. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about with the Cardinals or the draft or anything before we move into the le- more league wide stuff? No. No. Okay. Um, well, as always, we want to thank everyone for listening and I want to give everyone a chance to learn a little bit more about C 70s content and where you can find, uh, more. If you, if you're enjoying the C 70 side of the show and you say, I don't want Nate and Ben anymore. I just want to follow C 70 back to his content. Um, where, where could they find your stuff, Daniel? Um, this is a disturbing idea too. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> Most people probably know, but I'm at C70 on Twitter. I am at me. You've got meet me at mutual and gateway to baseball. Heaven is the podcast. You have the Substack cardinal cardinal70.substack.com. Uh, the blog still puts up stuff every once in a while. We did the exit interview series not too long ago. That's at cardsconclave.com. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. Just follow the Twitter account. You'll, you'll find all this junk. Nice. Yeah. Go check it out. Um, I mean, great they don't source have a and cardinal70.com or anything like that, but you know, it's something. Hmm. maybe someday <laughs> cardinal70.com. <Does laughs> Actually, that, I, that was the, 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 um, the old blog was at that one. That, and then, okay, that's what it. I thought. Yeah. And then when I moved off of there, they said they'd let me know when they let it lapse. They did not. And now it's in the ether. Oh, that's messed up. I'm, I think I might buy it. Go right <laughs> ahead. link back. I'm going to buy that and link it back to Nate.com. Something I'm working on. Well, so you should definitely follow C70 um, much better than us. But if you have been enjoying this show and want to show your support, I'm going to remind everybody that this show is listener supported on Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Patrons of every level get access to the bird scored. It's a great place. We're chatting about uh, the Cardinals and Daniel's showing more pictures of his house. We got a lot of great stuff in there. It's a great place to go if you want to talk to other Cardinal fans and get away from the noise of all the social media that's out there. Uh, we also have we have a bunch of different tiers, a bunch of different levels. But we recently started uh, releasing some shirts that we think are pretty cool and something that you might actually enjoy wearing. It's not just big, dumb pictures of our faces. Um, that we'd like to think they're good for baseball fans. So check that out. You can find all of those on our website and uh, patrons at, at certain levels get a free t-shirt, which I mean, that's just value. You know, you're, you're losing money by not mm. joining the Patreon. Uh, I'm so, sold. Yeah. Join the revolution. Come home, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, you do remember you started the start the revolution against me, right? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we brought you on the show, Daniel. Help we're us doing, take him down. We're doing this now. 
uh, join the Bird Scored, and then we're going to do a, a, a DDoS attack on on Cardinal Seventy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, hey if you like the show and want to support us in a different way consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform that does help and tell your friends tell your family holidays are coming up you got nothing better to talk about Um, talk about us Uh, Ben if people want to find us online where else can they find us yeah you can follow us on twitter at talk about birds you can follow us on instagram at talking about birds you can email us at talking about birds at gmail.com this show is available on spotify if you prefer to listen to podcasts on spotify it's on spotify uh we have a tiktok and we uh you can find all of that information t-shirts patreon all that crap at talking about birds.com and as was announced last week we now have a phone number that you can call and leave us a voicemail that's right. 848-48-BIRDS. That's 848-48-BIRDS. 48-BIRDS. Um, questions, comments for the show. Uh, if you want us to discuss something, call us. Leave us a message. We're open to anything. It can be baseball-related or otherwise. We will take your call for the show. As Ben said, you know, if you're, if you're having an argument with friends and you want a neutral third-party opinion... Let us know eight four eight forty eight birds. If if you if you have a you're struggling, there's a problem in your life. You need some advice. If well, whatever yeah. it might be, you know we're uh, 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 we're people. We have brains. Uh, it's probably not going to be good advice, but we can we can think. We say can things. Think. Yeah. This we're here to help. Has, this number has been live for a week now, and we've had a couple calls, uh, and they've been one hundred percent people calling to do bits, which. Uh, <laughs> It's great. I appreciate. So whatever hero just called and said kangaroo very loudly, it made me it made me chuckle. And then yeah. um, I'm gonna play unless that's a threat of some kind that I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Could be. Um, if so, I wasn't scared. So <laughs> failed failed threat. But I do appreciate you calling the number and oh. screaming kangaroo at me. A kangaroo <laughs> would take you down, Nate. Oh, I get my ass kicked by a kangaroo. That's not even a question. <laughs> Put me in its little pouch. That's what it would do. Yeah, probably beat me up and put me in its pouch. That doesn't sound that bad, actually. That's what now I kind of, I kind of want it. Um, All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do like the worst audio thing in the world here, but I'm gonna play uh, one of the voicemails. You can see what sort of bullshit we're already getting on this phone number. Yo, hey man, hey, what's up, Nate? Hey, what's up, man? This is Daryl, long time listener, first time caller. Tell you what, man. Uh, I love your podcast, first of all. I'm local in the area. I love the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I want to, first of all, let me say this first. Cardinals talk, though, I want to hear a little more about Miles McCallis, first of all, just on account of he has a wonderful mustache. But the reason for my call this evening, I got to tell you, boys, I love the Cardinals talk, love baseball, but this is talking about birds. That's the name of the podcast, and Frankly, y'all don't ever talk about birds that much. I oh, my God. Yeah. So hang up on go this ahead. loser. It goes for a, a full minute more. Wow. Uh, wow. 
So, so yeah, give us more of that. <laughs> yeah, so certainly out there, if you're listening, you can do better than that. Um, <laughs> I, actually, what's what's his podcast? I want to I want to follow that. One. <laughs> yeah. That's that's Daryl from our area. From our no. area, wow. From okay. our area. Yeah. So all right. Well, thanks, Daryl. Thanks, Daryl. <laughs> wow. All right, we're gonna talk about some stuff around the league. Ben, why don't you uh you take us here? Yeah, there's lots of stuff. We'll uh, we'll move through this quickly. Jim Leland is voted into the Hall of Fame uh, by the special committee. Um, I'm I don't really have much of an opinion on this. I think it's fine. I think for managers to be voted into the Hall of Fame, like um, I don't know, it's longevity. It's sticking around. I feel like it's mostly anecdotal. Like Jim Leland has these stories of filling up hotel rooms with cigarette smoke and uh, <laughs> drinking and, and having, you know, having kind of being hard nosed. And um, outside of that, I, I don't know if I have much to say about this, but I guess good for Jim. It'll probably be an entertaining speech. Yeah. Apparently his, he answered the phone and his wife asked, said who, who was it, you know, from the hall of fame called him and he said, it's Jake from state farm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. Like, He's um, he's himself. He is a unique character yeah. in the game, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel kind of the same where it's like I don't have a particularly strong opinion of Jim Leland, but I I like people being inducted in the Hall of Fame. And, and from a manager standpoint, like, you know, maybe he's not inner circle manager Hall of Fame level or whatever. I think there's certainly some other managers that probably have similar numbers to him that are not in it. But he's a great character from the game and, you know, good for him. Seems like a an interesting dude. Yeah. Um, interesting for sure. So this happened while we were recording. Um, Ooh, it is breaking. now official uh, that the Yankees and the Padres have made a deal to swap Juan Soto. Uh, Juan Soto and Trent Grisham are both going to the Yankees. The Yankees are sending Michael King, Drew Thorpe, uh, Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez, uh, all pitchers, uh, in, and they also included Kyle Higashioka. Uh, so those are players are going to the Padres and again, Juan Soto, uh, obviously the biggest name here and Trent Grisham going to the Yankees. Uh, I'll, I'll just give my two cents. I think that this is a no brainer for the Yankees. I think it immediately makes them have maybe the best one, two in baseball, Juan Soto and Aaron judge back to back. Um, I think that this move in combination with getting the Alex Verdugo greatly improves their, uh, their defense in the outfield. Um, uh, 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 Trent Grisham, although not a great hitter, is very patient and a good defender. Um, the same can be said about, uh, Alex Verdugo. Uh, I think this is a great move, uh, from the Yankees and, um, Juan Soto is, uh, I bet they extend him. I think it, they couldn't have a better ballpark for his style of hitting, his style of play. Um, so I, I think it's a great move for the Yankees, and um, it's too bad what the Padres are doing for all the reasons that they're doing it. Yeah. Um, Drew Thorpe is the Yankees' fifth overall prospect. So high, but not, you know, they're not getting a Spencer Jones or a Jason Dominguez type of guy. And uh, Michael King seems like a servable start, serviceable starter. And the the Padres need a starter. And, you know, like 
the the day uh, the days of trading like a a rental a one year rental for like a team's entire farm system is is starting to go away but i think yeah like you said then this is a is a clear win for the yankees may end up being good for the padres they obviously need pitching and they just got four pitchers for it and i'm sure they're they hope to think like they still have machado and they still have tatis and and uh hasong kim you know that like they have some offensive pieces and the reason they keep collapsing is pitching so there's like kind of an on the field uh you know reason why this kind of makes sense but at the end of the day Juan Soto is a future hall of famer and they just traded him for a for a whole bunch of pieces uh which is it's kind of insane that Juan Soto has been traded twice in his rookie contract like these types of guys are almost never traded let alone twice and so so young in their career and I'm kind of excited for Juan Soto. Like as a fan of baseball, I'm excited for Juan Soto because he's now, you know, he's one of the best players in baseball. And now he's on a team where he's going to get that media attention. Like, I don't think everybody really knows just how good Juan Soto actually is. And I think that's about to be no longer the case when he's hitting right alongside Aaron Judge. And though as a Cardinal fan, I hate that. And, you know, I hate the Yankees, but like it's it's kind of fun that he's at least now on like a spotlight team and and will likely get the, you know, hopefully some more some more credit. Um, but yep. yeah, it's a bummer for if you're a Padres fan, you've got to be pretty pissed right now. And, uh, you know, last year was like remember it was almost the Cardinals that got one set up feels so was far it, away. Was it? Well, they I mean, according to like trusted reports like they yeah. had a package and it was only because the nationals were were finally were willing to you know or um the the padres were willing to give them everybody that they ended up going with that one instead of us yeah, yeah. weird deal uh back then make this deal makes a lot more sense uh, at least yeah. for one team but yeah all right. Uh, sticking in the AL East, the Orioles have signed Craig Kimbrell for thirteen million dollars and one year. Hmm. He yeah. always makes me laugh. Yeah, I, his little, like his little elbow thing that he does. You love it. I always think he's like leaning forward. He's like, "I'm a bird. I'm a little bird." That's what I think he's thinking every time really? he's going to throw a ball. Yeah. Well, C seventy. What do you think about Craig? He's Kimbrell's an Oriole now, so. <laughs> yeah. And he's just trying to be on here, so you will talk about him. So you can hey. talk about some birds. See. Well, um, we will now. He's talking about other birds. Yeah. He's on the bird team, fellow bird Cardinals team. Were, we're a little bit linked to, you know, there were some when they're talking about those upper echelon relievers that they might be looking yeah. at. Kimbrel's name did come up, but um, I don't know. I guess maybe I've still got, you know. Yachty and Paul DeYoung going back to back off of him to <laughs> um, yeah. be too concerned about having him on, yeah. on here. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure it'll work out fine for Baltimore. Yeah. He had a good, he, um, you know, he had a rough start of the year with Philly, but by the end he was doing pretty well for them. So um, we are fans of the Orioles. I, I think with them losing Bautista for the whole year, he, he should be pretty good for them, but we'll see. They spent some money, but not enough. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what else. 
the Astros uh, signed Victor Caratini uh, to a two-year deal. He will be kind of tanking over catching from Martin Maldonado, who's getting a lot of attention, um, but another kind of low-level deal, uh, a deal that was much more exciting, um, and I, it kind of blew my mind. Uh, the Braves and the Mariners linked up for a trade at the winter meetings, one of the few things that actually happened. Um, yeah. And the Braves acquired outfielder Jared Kelnick uh, from the Mariners. And this is all from Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. Uh, and they, uh, oh, sorry, they also got Marco Gonzalez and first baseman Evan White. Uh, in return, the Mariners received Jackson Kowar, who was already traded this year, and a, another pitcher, Cole Phillips. Uh, C70, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this trade? Um, does it make sense to you, I guess? Um, sure. sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not y'all are much more versed in everything else that's going on in the league than I am. But it, uh, it was interesting though, that, of course the Braves and turn around and flip Marco Gonzalez to the pirates. Um, so for nothing for, for yeah. cash. Yeah. It was a player to be named later or cash considerations. The like the lowest, they're like, eh, maybe we'll get a guy from you or you can just give us money. Yeah. And sometimes those things turn out to be like, they don't even get the money, right? They just basically right. give the guy away. Yeah. So, uh, which is interesting. Um, I mean, heck, I think just for their irony's sake, the Cardinals should have taken Tyler O'Neill for Marco Gonzalez. But <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I, y'all are going to have more opinions about that than I am. Yeah. Nady. Yeah. I mean, it Mariners fans are pissed because Kellenic looked like last year, like he's, you know, he he still had a lot of struggles, but he was former number one prospect in baseball. And it looked like there was some value starting to come from him. And you could see this path to him becoming a, a great player. And he basically was packaged as a salary dump to go to the Atlanta Braves. And the Braves are uh, you know, such a good organization right now. Yeah, it's like, damn it. They're going to unlock Jared Kellenick. You know, and they got him for basically nothing. Like Cower was also a former top prospect. So, like, you know, and the Mariners are pretty good at developing pitching. So maybe they turn him into something. But this basically looked like a salary dump, and they had to give the Braves Kellenick in order to get it across the across the plate. And it's kind of a bummer. And I'm really concerned that the Braves now have like another young uh yes. toolsy interesting outfielder to go in their whole batch of those i i also think that there's an aspect to this of like kelnick not having to be the guy not having to be a, a yeah. center fielder and an, a you know all-time prospect coming up like he's going to be probably hitting like seventh or eighth for the braves he's probably going to yeah. be playing left field everyone is a superstar on that team he can kind of fade into the background and do his thing um yeah, and I, I think you're right. There, I would not be surprised if Alex Anthopoulos thinks that he can fix Kelnick. Um, I think it's it the the whole Mariners situation is it's a hunk of crap. It's they drew over uh, 2.5 million last year. They broke their playoff streak. Um, they have a good, exciting team. Their payroll is not that high. It's a major metropolitan area. Why are they reducing payroll? Why are they cutting themselves off at the knees um, when when they should be doing the exact opposite? They should not be losing out on. Uh, sorry, who's the third baseman that they traded away last week? 
um, so, Euvenio Suarez. Yeah. And then getting rid of this, it's completely insane to me. And um, if I was a Mariners fan, I, I would be very mad and skeptical that this team is doing yeah. anything. Well, and the, the uh, DeBoto had another foot in mouth situation when he said the like the 50 where we want to win 54% of the time yeah. thing, you know, which it like we get it, but it's just shit. You don't say, you know, give the Mazalak response. Yeah, sure. We're fine. We'll be good. Whatever. We're um, a world series team. Yeah. Uh, the Evan white part is interesting because, you know, like that's what it looks like when, uh, when what the Braves have done and what we want the Cardinals to do with like Jordan Walker and stuff. It's what it looks like when it goes wrong. You know, yeah. they gave him like a $50 million contract before he'd made, the major leagues and then he just has been bad and yeah. and now they had to dump him to the Braves um but yeah they they are spinning it saying like this is like give us time let us spend the money that we have now cleared um so it, it is something like i guess we'll see but on its surface seems pretty bad from a team like you said that should be like way on the upswing right now it and you is, know what i think it has been i have a theory you're not going to like it. You were in Seattle this weekend. Yeah. Do you think they they got wind that you were there and they're like, oh, well, this this city's gone to shit and we just need to cut and run? Yeah, I think that was it. Uh, <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Um, more breaking news while we're on the show. Uh, it looks like Eduardo... Um, Eduardo Rodriguez signed a four-year deal with the Diamondbacks. It's uh, it's four wow. years, eighty million dollars, uh, an okay. investing option that could take it to five years and ninety-nine. Uh, I think that's probably a really good deal. I think he's really good. I think he's underrated. Yeah. Um, and uh, hey, look, a team that is uh, had success is making their team better. What what an amazing thing to see! <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. Um, the White Sox also signed a pitcher. Eric Fetty is coming from, is it the KBO, I think, on a two-year contract for yeah. $15 million? Uh, the White Sox simply need uh, bodies and innings. But we'll yeah. see. Uh, curious to see how he does uh, coming back after he's changed his repertoire um, across the ocean. Yeah, that's another one that the Cardinal, you know, uh, it's all the every guy has been linked to the Cardinals, yeah. but that was one that a lot of people thought might be a back rotation guy for the Cardinals. Right. All right. Uh, final piece of news here. I thought this story was fascinating. Uh, we talked about him at some point already today, but Ha Song Kim has sued a former Korean uh, uh, teammate uh, uh, for blackmail. Um, so I'm going to uh, read from an article a little bit here. Uh, but during his time uh, with the Ki- with the Kiwoom team and right before joining MLB, Hasong Kim and an unnamed player got into an argument while drinking at a bar and it escalated into a physical fight. This incident occurred early in 2021. The unnamed player demanded settlement money from Hasong Kim as a result of the fight, which uh, he paid. Uh, Kim paid prior to being posted to MLB. The amount was hundreds of millions of Korean won, which equal to about 76 or uh, sorry, 100 million won equals 76,000 US dollars. So not nothing. 
Um, the unnamed player continued to demand money following Hasog Kim's entrance into the MLB, threatening to raise more issues if he was not paid more. So Hasan Kim has flown back to Korea with his agent and lawyer to try to solve this. Uh, but he's essentially suing him for blackmail because of a drunken brawl that happened. And uh, I suppose that there was some reputation on the line. I mean, obviously, it's not a great look, right? You don't a drunken brawl is yeah. probably what the newspapers would have said. Um, but anyways, kind of a crazy yeah. story. Luckily, it seems like everyone's OK. It's just money and people being stupid. Um, but mm. Hassan Kim kind of a um, I don't know. I think of I, I, I guess I'm surprised to hear that he would be involved with something. Obviously, I don't know yeah. the guy, but I thought that, that was a surprising development. So I, I know this d- won't make any sense, but I right. bet you I, I'm almost certain that the player on the other side of this has got to be Tommy Pham, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were on a uh, team together. They I would not keep keeping that quiet. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he would just go slap him again rather than trying to hold money over his head. You're you're hundred percent right. Brawl. He's just not the guy that is trying yeah. to blackmail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. Yeah, that's all I got for league news this week, Nady. All right. That's a that's a that's a wild one. We'll see if we learn anything more about it. And um hopefully the next few weeks we get some some real answers to where half these players after this dull winter meeting uh comes to an end. But um all right, so uh Jana, you've been on the show multiple times and we've been uh sort of playing through um this this manager game that uh Ben and I have struggled, and so we thought I know you and I were chatting about what to do for the show and we thought, well, let's, let's go ahead and, uh, let's wrap that thing up and, um, get ready to do some, do some more questions about, uh, (laughs) okay. This is bullshit. We did this like two weeks ago. You're such a dumbass. (laughs) Well, I don't even know what to do. So the card shark is here and we have to satiate him. We have to give him cards. And I don't even have anything. Daniel, do you have anything that we could? Oh, you bastards. I have something for you. Yes. <laughs> and y'all are not going to like it. You really need to slow that down because this is a very much older card shark that you're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are not. I have just now opened a pack of 1987 Oh, no. They yeah. were actually... You, given to me uh, by my father, uh, passed down to me by my father-in-law when he passed. He had a number of years of sealed cards. I went out looking. I could have gone back into the 81, 82 range. I thought I'd give you at least a shot at knowing some of these names. There are. I knew. So we obviously planned this a little bit, but I didn't know what year it was going to be. And I, I said before I even knew the year, though, that like, I and I suspect Ben are going to be straight trash at this. So I'm hopeful to get one of uh, these right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I will. I'll have a baseball reference here. So I will search in case you actually get a, a team or something that they were not <laughs> on this year. 
Um, yeah. First, first of all, we have to start out with the puzzle piece. As you may not may know, the Donruss cards came with puzzle pieces that nice. you co- collected and assembled into a large picture. In fact, I still have the puzzle pieces for Stan Usual floating around. One year he was the, he was the puzzle piece. This year is Roberto Clemente. So we have oh, one of the nice. pieces of that puzzle. All right, awesome. so we will start with Joey Meyer. Do we buzz in or I think, are we doing this together? Is this a team game? Can let's do it. Or... Let's do it. Uh, let's take it. Let's take turns. So okay. Nate, you start and then Ben. All right. Joey Meyer, obviously a starting pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ben, do you want to guess? Cause he's completely oh. wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually thought that he was a outfielder for the Padres. He is an infielder for the Brewers. Damn it. <laughs> actually, technically, technically, at this time, he had not actually played. He only played in the years of 88 and 89. Oh, a rookie um, card. So was, you know, it was a no major league. They gambled. They lost. Okay. Um <laughs> Next up, this one, I would like to say maybe, but y'all are younger than me. So, um, <laughs> Ben, we'll start with you. Candy Maldonado. Candy Maldonado. That's a great That's a name. Big, great name. Uh, based on your the way that you phrase this, I, now I'm, I'm sad to say I've never heard of this person. I'm going to say Candy Maldonado. That sounds like a catcher to me. I'm going to say a catcher uh, Dodgers. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you might also thinking of Martin Maldonado, who was also a catcher. I'm just, I'm taking it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say that he was a starting Uh, pitcher. You might be thinking actually, um, (laughs) I'm going to guess that he's a starting pitcher for the Pittsburgh pirates. (laughs) He's an outfielder. Damn it. On this, on this card, he was played for the giants, but he did play for, the Dodgers, uh, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Toronto, the Cubs, back to Cleveland, Toronto, and Texas. So wow, we had so many had opportunities. <laughs> oh, I guess Ben, okay. you guessed Dodgers, didn't you? Yeah, he got okay. Uh, Is that like sort of point there? I think that's two five of a point. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not actually going to keep score. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one is easy. Oh, I promise shit. you, this oh, one no. is easy. If if you don't get this one, we need to reevaluate your life. Oh no! Uh, If it's not not Ozzy Smith, then I don't know. (laughs) Not quite Ozzy Smith. Tom Brudansky. Oh man, I don't know. Ozzy seventy. Come on! Come on! I was zero years old. (laughs) I was born. Maybe Tom. um, He is a starting pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ben Tom Brudansky. That name. No, I know the name. That it, sounds familiar, um, but I don't know. I honestly, if you if you would have just said that name without any context, I would be like, "No, oh, that sounds like a, a journalist or a or a broadcaster." Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that I'm wrong. Tom Verdansky, Um I've, Actually, you're thinking. Uh, well, uh, technically, um, I think he's a first baseman for the Braves. He's an outfielder on this card for the Twins. 
right before he was traded to the Cardinals uh, for Tommy uh, Herr. I knew uh, in the way you said it. The way you said it, I was like, oh, was he a Cardinal? So, I just don't remember yes, it at all. He was traded for the, the Cardinals in, in 88. After the Cardinals and Twins had played in the World Series in 87, he and her were flipped in 88. And How long did he play with the Cardinals? remember that. No. So, all right. Um, this is going well. Um, <laughs> Glenn Davis. This is going better than I expected it to, frankly. <laughs> um, Glenn Davis. That's that's a closer if I've ever heard him. A New York Yankees closer. Nate. It's mm. a catcher for the Giants. It's an outfielder for <laughs> the Houston Astros. One of the a very power hitting outfielder for the Houston Astros. Uh, <sighs> and that was back when they were playing in the Astrodome. Uh, I can't. I'm trying to find Tom Berdan. I I don't even know how to spell his name. (laughs) B B R U N A N S K Y. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, Oh, I remember him now that you. Yeah. Yeah. Award-winning smile. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. There are quite a few cards in here, actually. They they put more cards back in the packs back in the day, mm. um, back before anybody wanted to collect them. It'd be great um, when you rip out like a super valuable uh, rookie yeah. card of someone. Yeah, I skimmed through there. No, besides the fact ah. that there are no super valuable cards from the 1980s. Um, that's what happens with overprinting. <laughs> yeah. um, Joel Skinner. I'll just throw it up and see if anybody has an idea. Damn, that name actually sounds familiar to me. Um, to me, I'm going to go Detroit Tigers second baseman. Um, I'm going to say he is a Seattle Mariner third baseman. Yankees catcher. Oh, so <laughs> close. <laughs> well, you're going to have fun with this one. You may not um, know who it is, but you're going to have fun with the name. Uh, Paul Ossemacher. <laughs> that is a good name. Paul Ossemacher. Hmm. Now that's a starting pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's funny. I was going to say starting pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, actually. Um, he is a pitcher. Yes. I need to double check. I think he was a relief pitcher. On the board. Um, oh, damn it. <laughs> here, uh, here he is pitching for the Braves. Um, yeah, he's a relief pitcher. Has 56, save, 56 saves and one game started in his entire career. So, wow. Um, here, here he was pitching for the Braves. This is actually, yeah, 86 was his rookie year. So, Carney Lansford. <laughs> um, we get outfielder. one star from the 80s, please. Can we get a Jack Clark here? <laughs> outfielder for the Giants. Infielder for the Giants. <laughs> Damn it. Third baseman mainly says third base, first base for the Oakland Athletics. We're yeah, getting as big their, as possible. Baseball part player. Of their <laughs> national <big>. league. <laughs> Larry Anderson. Um, short Lon- sock, Chicago White Sox. I know Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> um, yeah. Tim, uh, An- Tim Anderson's dad. I'll just say he was a <laughs> no. twin at one point. <laughs> Actually. Let me double check. He might have been. Larry Anderson is a relief pitcher here for the Astros. Uh, one of those typical relief pitchers that has the 
uh, or at least back from those days that had the wit about them, um, usually had some sort of funny comment quote. Let's see. He played. No, did not play for Minnesota. Oh, come on. I suck at this. Cleveland, Seattle, Philadelphia, Houston, Boston, Padres, and back to Philly. So, nope. All right. All right. I promise you there is at least one name. In fact, it's not this. There is at least one name, maybe two in this that's left here, that you at least know. Uh I promise you that. Uh Uh-oh. But not this one. Um, Rick Shue. Rick (sighs) Shue? Not to be confused um, with the stinky boot. <laughs> give Rick Shue the stinky boot. It's, uh, it was, I think he's a relief pitcher for the Texas Rangers. I think that he is, let's see, Shoe. I think he's a second <laughs> baseman for the Minnesota Twins. Like Shoeless Joe? Third, uh-huh. third baseman for the Phillies. Oh, that's close. so close. That's close. All right, ready? Promise you. Guarantee. 100% oh, no. you know this name. Oh, no. Tom Seaver. There we go. Starting okay. pitcher, New York Mets. Starting pitcher, except, New York Mets. Yeah, except that right now, in this one, he was pitching for the Boston Red Sox, but okay. he was obviously has pitched for the Mets before. So, oh, Thank God. I feel <laughs> slightly better. Donnie Moore. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Starting pitcher, New York Mets. <laughs> um, I don't know. It sounds sounds California to me. I'm going to say that that's a mm-hmm. that's a giant uh, uh, infielder. Mm, that's a large man. Somewhere. He is a relief pitcher for the uh, California Athletic, uh, the California Angels ah, uh, before sh- they were the Los Angeles Angels. Donnie Moore is obviously most some would know. A, a sad story. He gave up a home run to Dave Henderson in the 1986 playoffs that pretty much eliminated the Angels and a number of years later took his own life. Never, oh, really, never really recovered from it. Yeah, uh, just that's the kind of excitement I bring to your game. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, you you should know this name. Uh-oh. Daryl Porter. Darryl yes. Porter. Yeah, because he's a coach right now, right? I think was he on the Expos? Outfielder for the Expos. I'm gonna. S- I want to say, oh God, I don't know. He was a Padre outfielder. He's a catcher uh, here for the Rangers, but the starting catcher on the 1982 World Series Cardinals team. Damn it! <laughs> God damn it! Played Why number of years so there. Dumb. And, I knew and the no, name. He, he has been. He has. He had died. He has died. So he's not coaching anywhere right he now. He had died. Okay. Um, he died in Chuck, He's from Joplin, Missouri, and was born yeah. on my yeah. birthday. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Lynn. Uh Chuck Carey. <laughs> Catcher St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> I'll second that. <laughs> Uh, pitcher, I'd have to double check. I think probably relief pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. Ah, that's close. All right. And I think you know this name as well. John Cruck. Oh, there we go. Uh, left fielder, Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, Phillies. Great broadcaster. Except that he was playing in the Padres when when this one was done. Uh, Damn it. Didn't he and, like retire mid game or something? What's the John Cruck story? Didn't he just like walk? he, He like 
walked off the field mid game or something like I think that. So yeah, yeah. He, I think it was, he wanted to end his career. Uh, I think getting a hit and they put him in, he got his hit, went to first baseman. They, the manager pulled him out and he walked to his car and left the stadium. (laughs) I believe, check me, hit hit me up if that's right. It's something like that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, It's not exactly that. It's something like that. Yeah. All right. Final card. Dave Steeb. Oh, Dave Steeb. Oh, I know that name. Dave Steeb. Was he Starting pitcher for the Cardinals? I second that. He's a starting pitcher for the Blue Jays. Damn it. Well known for often getting close to a no-hitter before. Always, I don't know, he threw mm. a number of one-hitters before finally getting a no-hitter. But yeah, he was called one-hit Steve for a while, I think. So nice. Dang. Close, though. At least you knew he was a starting pitcher. I will... All give right. you that. Well, I think we definitely got eaten by the card shark here, but I, I do have one last thing that might be able to save us. I was going to show this to you guys at the beginning of the episode, but I forgot. But I think this will save us from the card shark, Ben. This is my own. This is our only hope to not be devoured. So um, in the big box of cards that I bought that I was using for the recent uh, card shark game, uh, I didn't realize I almost actually threw it away. But as I was looking through the packaging, I noticed that I'd, I'd missed something. And there was one a uh, giant novelty card in this package. And I was okay. like, oh, glad I didn't throw that away. I got to get my giant novelty card. And uh, wouldn't you know it, I open up the card. And here we go. It's the big, <laughs> strong guy himself. <laughs> I have in my hands a like nine inch by six inch Pete Alonzo card. Uh the very man tackled by uh, Stubby Clap. So <laughs> I am going Hold to feed. On to yeah. Yeah, I'm going to feed this my head sized uh, Pete Alonzo card to the card shark, and maybe it'll save us. Wow, I feel bad for the card shark. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you got to get rid of that card, or it'll put you in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, hopefully, you have a wonderful holiday season and you don't send too many people to the hospital with blindness from the uh display on your front porch um we appreciate your time on this on this increasingly <laughs> late wednesday night thanks guys i appreciate y'all y'all humoring me and have me on yeah absolutely and we'll be back next week just like we always are talking about birds.com call the number but you know see if you can beat that bit that i played on the phone already <laughs> 848-482-4737. Give us a call. That's right. Give us a call. 848-48-BIRDS. And uh, until next week, I'm still holding a little hope on Yamamoto. Yeah, me too. I would really like that. I'm trying to be a good, trying to be a, yeah, but these blue, someone left a whole thing of blue moon at our house. So I've got, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, 
We've got a whatever keeps the shakes away, Nady. <laughs> that's not funny. Okay, that's a real problem oh, for some great. people. That's going to be at the end of the show now. <laughs> <laughs>